We're coming in hot with inspiring guests, witty banter, and colorful commentary for today's veterans and military community. This is the Tango Alpha Lima Podcast. They call me crazy because I'm facing all my giants. They try to scare me into thinking I can't fight it. They tell me I should never even think of trying. But that's just me. I'm going to live out in defiance. And welcome back. We made it another week. We have not been canceled yet. Uh, so you're back here for the Tango Alpha Lima experience. I'm Jeff Daly and you are. Oh, hi, I'm Ashley Garbolsha. Ashley Marie. Ashley Marie Garbolsha. You've really been slacking on the Marie lately. Okay. So sorry. We're a couple weeks. We're a couple weeks from we're a couple weeks from convention. Little geeked. Yay. So excited. I guess see all my family. Found we are family. we are we family. Are family. Yeah, yeah. I've got we probably can't play, we probably can't play that song. License licensing, licensing issues. Licensing no issues. Not today. I don't want so, Mark C V to call us, tell us that we didn't buy that. I had no part in that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um <laughs> so just he quick reminder, obviously, but I would just, enjoy it if he did. Just quick reminder to get the app so that you know what's going down. Um, also, uh, you probably by this time have seen, I'm writing an article about uh, networking using the Hi Hello app instead of just putting people in your contacts and things like that. So if you wanna interact with people, Hi Hello on the Android and that other store run, oh, Apple. Uh, so you can, uh, <laughs> they're both Apple and, oh, what, you're poofing your hair. I am. If my you're hair not looks watch- adorable. I love my new hair. If you're not watching on- new different things. If you're not watching on the YouTubes, you're missing it. Yeah. I'm doing like a 1920s kind of flair, bringing it back. That's weird. That's weird. It's looking weird. extra gorgeous these days. Very happy. Very content. Just, she is looking. Just ask her. She'll tell you. Okay. Fabulous. Let's get right into topic number one. In this topic, by the way, we did talk about, I was told in a rapid fire recently, but now we are elevating it to main topic status because it's that important. Ashley, what am I talking about? All right. So you're talking about 9-11 Day by AmeriCorps. So it's been more than 20 years since 9-11. We continue to honor the sacrifices made that day by remembering the heroes, armed forces, first responders, and countless others acts of service to defend our nation's freedom. On September 11th, National, National Day of Service and Remembrance, we invite you to cross divides, differences, and ideologies to come together in service to honor those lost and those whose lives were forever changed that fateful day. Lift each other up, neighborhood by neighborhood, just as Americans did more than 20 years ago, united to serve. You can help us spark a passion and create relationships between communities and individuals that extend past this day to inspire a lifetime of service in all Americans. The 9-11 day of service is Sunday, September 11th. You and your partners are encouraged to engage in service on this day and the days surrounding. So September oh, is upon us. It right? is. I, I up love September this. ends. I love this and I love it for the American Legion. I love it for the opportunity for our posts to get out there in communities and lead 
uh, with service to community, state, and nation. Uh, I think it's super important that we that we do lead because I heard someone one of, during the 9-11 series, which uh, I hope people will revisit this year, or if you didn't see it last year, if you're one of the new alphas out there, and hopefully we pick up more and more every day. Uh, if you're one of those and you didn't see the 9-11 series, those are gripping stories because 9-11 was one of the worst days in our country's history. But as someone pointed out in that series, 9-12 was one of the more heartwarming days in the way that we, we displayed a nationwide resiliency and put aside, put aside political differences, put aside ideological differences, put aside Michigan, Ohio State differences, and we came together and served together. I would have, I would have served that day next to a Buckeye all damn day and listened to them tell me how, call me that team up north, T-T-U-N, whatever they say. And uh, because it was that kind of experience, and I, I, want us, I want us to replicate that, and seriously, and I mean this, American Legion posts, contact people to volunteer on September 11th. And I'm, I've asked for things before, but I'm being completely serious about this. This to me is important to the psyche of our nation. And I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. I, I think that this is a great opportunity to define what we do as a, as a legion. And I, I, I can't overstate it and Holly will probably kill me, but I'm probably gonna bring it up again before September 11th happens because it's that important. So get out there and I think, and I, I provided some resources. If you don't know where to, if you don't have a park next to you that you can clean up after, if you don't have a school that you can, I don't know, water the lawn at the baseball field, I don't care what you do, but get out there and tell your story. Please let the media know what you're doing so you can inspire others to do the same. That's how we lead in this. And I, I don't feel very strongly about this at all. So I'm gonna be quiet now. Not at all, not at no. all. Actually it was a bit, it was a bit, you know, it's a bit, you know, low enthusiasm for me today. I know. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna try to perk up a little bit as yeah. we get into this show. Um, can so I, Ashley, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping you will in, convince the entire you taught me this today, DMV area. <laughs> uh, see, I can be a native. You, bud. I'm so proud of you, bud. Get after yeah. it. I love yeah. it. I love this for you. You're learning. Yeah. You're a learning doctor. <laughs> so I hope that you inspire some people there because I'm counting on you. I'm I'm not even going to think about the DMV area because I know Ashley's on it. Is that a good assumption on my part? That would and well okay. should be. Um, can I introduce our guest today? Switch it up. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But if you ask right on online, I'm going to say, don't do it to me again like this. But if you ask me online, how am I going to go? Nah. Nah, son. Or people don't say nah, daughter, because it sounds weird. So nah, son. Sit down, but go ahead. You just All right. 
So now that we've unpacked all of Jeff's passion and, and vigor regarding well, you patriotism. haven't done that. Oh, whoa. family. It's a family show. It's a family show. Well, <laughs> we'll roll right into family show content, which today we are going to be joined by retired Lieutenant Colonel Joseph Bernard, who served in the army with the 82nd Airborne, then moved to the Air Force where he served 28 years. That's right. 28 years. First as a PJ and then a combat rescue officer. Today, Bernard lives in Charlotte and is the COO of the Independence Fund, an organization committed to serving the warfighter community by providing innovative programs and services to support the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual independence of service members, combat veterans, their caregivers, families, and those allies who served in combat alongside our troops. So we will be right back with Joseph Bernard right after this break. Raising money for your American Legion programs has never been so easy. Terry Lynn Fundraising offers customized fundraising programs, dedicated support, discounts and incentives, and premium products for your members to sell. We're talking delicious nuts, confections, and snack mixes that will keep your supporters coming back for more. You can see how simple and effective Terry Lynn can be to use for your next fundraiser when you request a free tasting sample at terrylynn.com al. Check it out and get ready to have the most successful fundraiser yet. Visit terrylynn.com al. And welcome back. As promised, we have Joseph. We're going to call him Joe today because we're that friendly now. And uh, welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima experience. And how are you feeling? How are, are you excited? Are you nervous? What's going on? Yeah, no, I don't get too nervous about anything. So I'm excited and I'm really, it's uh, humbling to be asked to be on with you guys and share my story. And I look forward to speaking with you. No, no, no. We're the ones, we're the ones, we're the ones honored here uh, to, uh, to share your story and your good works, sir. And we're going to jump, we're just going to jump right into that. Uh, we did too many niceties before they don't get to hear that. They don't get the BTS, the behind the scenes. So we're going to jump in. Ashley's going to uh, kick it off, and I hope she's uh, going to be nice today. Always nice, Jeff. Come on now. <laughs> I'm going to proceed. <laughs> so, Joe, welcome. Welcome. Uh, I first of all just want to say thank you for all your work that you're doing with the Independence Fund, but I want to backtrack a bit. I want to understand joe bernard the joe experience right i want to know a little bit more about your military career and how your military career has shaped you up to this point yeah well i i went in the army when i was 17 you know my parents had to sign for me and i was in the 82nd for a little bit and then got out and was a lifeguard i grew up in south florida and then i found pararescue and i started that journey in 88 all the way to 2016 so was enlisted for like 13 and a half years and got commissioned as a combat rescue officer and um, had the pleasure to serve a long time, you know, post 9-11 and, and do a bunch of amazing things, a bunch of deployments. So it was a great, great job. It was great for me. I was dyslexic as a kid, but I wasn't scared to jump off anything. So sort of being that adventure type guy, X Games type guy and, you know, pararescue is definitely one of those jobs where you get to do all sorts of cool stuff. So it was, Someone it was an awesome, awesome career for us, our family. Oh, it sounds wonderful. I, as a fellow uh, dyslexic person, I, yeah. I can understand that, that need for speed and adventure and just kind of 
going head first all the time. So I can I can yeah. see why that's incredibly exciting. I, I, I hope he didn't go head first. Well, I did. I, was a I did a couple once. times. I, I think <laughs> I had 20 concussions when I was in. So what? Yeah. What? You fall off a lot of stuff. You get the, even though they give you good helmets, you fall off a lot of stuff and hit your head. So you seem to be doing well. They're done that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Doing okay. Okay. So you make its transition. You, you're doing this. You said you got out in 2016. Yeah, I retired in 2016. Okay. So you retired in 2016. So let's talk about that transition. I know Jeff's got a, a question for you. Yeah, sure. So, you, you know, I. I don't think the transition is easy for anybody. I really don't. You lose your tribe. You know, I, I was ready to go. Um, you know, the, the family was ready to go. It was a long career. It was an eventful career, especially being a pararescue man and all the stuff we were doing in, in, re, in combat rescue. Um, but, you know, we took, we took some time, like, you know, thankfully we, we were really good with our money. So, we lived within our means. And so my retirement check, we could live off that. And, and so after my youngest son, we have two boys, Connor and Zach they are 26 and 23 now, but when Zach was still in the house with us our last year, um, we dropped him off at college and Megan and I traveled Southeast Asia and just went around and sort of regrouped and did yoga. She's a yoga instructor and a mindfulness coach and a nutritional coach. And, and so we're like, and we really just sort of need to connect and, and do all that. And so that was a, that was a blessing. It's interesting, you know, like even, even though they're going to pay you a pension, you're like, is this pension going to come? Like, I don't know if this check's going to come or whatever. So that took me a little bit to like see that check come in and, and sort of be stable with that. Um, and then the transition's like, okay, I'm too young not to work. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need to work. I want to work. You got to be around people. You got to continue on. You can't be you know, I'd rather be more of an extrovert and, and help and serve. Um, and so the initial job I got after I transitioned was uh, helping a wireless construction company sort of clean up their operations. They were going through like an internal merger and acquisition. A minority shareholder wanted to buy out the majority owner. And so I helped them with that a couple of years. Great, great, great people. Um, still friends with them to this day. But I was missing a sense of service. I was like, eh, so I, I just, I just go, Hey guys, we got this cleaned up the way you guys wanted. It's on the right path. You know, I, I'm going back to retirement and I'm a skydiver surfer and, you know, I like doing out, outdoor stuff. So I like going to Costa Rica. We were stationed in Hawaii a couple of times. That's where I did my surfing and grew up in Florida. And then, you know, being a pararescue man, I was an air ops guy. And so I've, I've always civilian skydived. So, you know, sort of did that. And then, a headhunting firm called Talent War Group reached out to me and they go, hey, we got this residential treatment center for troubled teen boys that they need an executive director. Do you want to, you know, check it out? So I was like, Ooh, you know, this is, you know, the beautiful thing about being in the military, as long as I was, you get to mentor and groom people and help them out. And, you know, it is a really moral, ethical job to try to go rescue somebody and save their life. So you're sort of living life the right way or should be living life the right way. And, and so it was a great thing to do. So to be able to go help troubled kids, I was like, man, that was great. So did that for a couple of years and, and turned that over to the clinical director. Uh, you know, I got it to where it needed to be. Not that I got bored or anything, but great company, but it was time to move on and sort of went back to retirement. And 
at that time we were in Chattanooga and the, and the same headhunting firm reached out to me to go, hey, there's a fund that, that needs help with operations. And so the Independence Fund is, um, I really encourage everybody to check out our website, independencefund.org. Sarah Verrato, our CEO, she is a caregiver to a poly-injured 82nd Airborne spouse who has multiple injuries, significant TBI, significant amputations, um, needs around-the-clock caregiving. Um, and she took over the Independence Fund a while back, and it's just amazing what we do as far as casework and, and caregiver retreats and track chairs is a big thing that we give out so the guys can be mobile independence is that's that's where the independence comes from so they can be independent and out doing stuff so we have tons of retreats that we do and so i just started here a month ago helping them with their operations and taking it to the next level that's, uh, that's exciting I, I i know uh super producer holly went through your linkedin profile uh we're going to get back to independence fund in, in a sure. minute uh we weren't supposed to be there yet. I was supposed to ask you about that. I, I apologize. I was rambling. Oh, now I'm dependent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so in your, in your, and, uh, and transitions. So we're going to, we're going to go back to transition. Okay. Uh, she, she stalked your LinkedIn pile. I didn't, your profile. I didn't do it. Just if you get any weird comments, it's not me. Uh, she, she pulled the quote. I love sharing my military transition mistakes and successes with new veterans entering the private sector. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we already heard about your transition. Um, what, how do you go about sharing these mistakes and successes with the veterans? And go ahead and share some with us now. We're sitting here. Yeah, so yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I think you could chase jobs that aren't for you. Like the world's your oyster once you get out. You know, Air Force told me where I was going, when we were going. You know, we get that two-year itch around the PCS cycle. You know, coming here to Charlotte, we're on our 23rd move as a married couple after 30 years. Um, so it's just, you know, the military sort of tells you where to go. So when we got out, it's like, what, what am I going to do? I mean, I know I have value. I know all the leadership skills and the perseverance skills and just sort of, you know, stem of what we dealt with in the military, that will transition, but it, will civilians recognize that? I mean, I've never had to apply for a job, right, in my whole adult life. So that was interesting, sort of like doing cover letters and resumes and and trying to beat the, beat the screening of the computer to try to talk to a person and try to get an interview. And I didn't network as good as I should have on the front end, so... You know, what I advise guys and girls now is network, network, network two or three years before you get out. Um, and it's really about when civilians post a job, they know who they want to hire already. So you're an outsider coming in. They may look at you as an outside course of action that they may bring in, but they sort of know who they want to apply or hire. So if you network Get, and LinkedIn is the best tool. LinkedIn, you got to have a, a, a vibrant LinkedIn page and just build it and always keep evolving it. But through your friend network, through people that have gotten out before, what geography you want to live in, what industry you think you're going for, what company inside that industry, that's who you sort of got to target. And if you have a specific ask, ask a specific ask. I think I could do this job at this company. Can I talk to you? 
if you don't have a specific ask, then you should go, hey, I would just like to have coffee or lunch with you and learn how you like the job, the culture of it. What do you think are the pros and cons? And people, people will respond to you um, and help you out. If you sort of go in and go, man, I just want to lead teams and do good. They're like, well, what can I do with that? I don't, I don't know what to do with that inside my specific company. And so there's a lot of people that want to help, but you got to get your ask too specific. So that's something I didn't do initially on the front end, but I was also lucky. I didn't, I sort of, you know, I didn't have any financial pressure. So a lot of the people I advise are like, man, we want your life. We want to skydive and surf and travel. We see you on Instagram with your wife doing yoga and, and all that. And I'm like, okay, what's your situation? Well, I got three young kids and I'm getting out after 14 years. And I'm like, okay, dude, like you can definitely get to where I'm at, but I have a pension I'm falling back on and my kids are out of the house. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, this is sort of how I got there and, and what we did to sort of, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's to evolve. So every individual sort of transition is specific, but there's definitely some lessons learned out there that, that people can learn from. And, and I, I think an amazing, I think an amazing second life, epic second life is out there. I'm as happy being a civilian with my long hair and, and the kids out of the house and us helping, you know, we're on our third company that we're helping. That's as good as being a pararescueman. You know, back then when I was a pararescue, I mean, that was great when I was in my twenties, thirties, forties, but now that I'm in my mid to late fifties, it's like, man, this is awesome. The stuff we get to do. So, um, it, yeah, that's. And you're still flying through the air. Now you just have more. That's it. Wavy hair, wavy hair behind you. Back of my helmet. It's cool. Uh, Before we move on to the independence fund, this is something I ask everybody who did a long career because I'm a one enlistment person. It's completely different. Uh, Completely different. My transition was like, boom. Um, Simple things. Simple things like you now have to pick out your own clothes every day. Decide what to wear. You now have to, or you were married, so you already were preparing your own meals and, <laughs> and stuff like that. What the, simp, the simple things of life, did were those an issue for you? Mm. No, I mean, you I, did I, get dressed today and, and you didn't put on a uniform, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely an investment. If you don't, if you're, if you don't have clothes, it's definitely an investment. So that's something financially, monetarily, you got to think about. I think, you know, we're a pretty hip couple, sort of, you know, we had civilian friends. My brother, who I'm really close with, he was a he was an executive with Chevron for 30 years. So I understood. We, we talked all the time about how military risk management and sort of efficiencies with logistics and all that. How does that how does oil and gas sort of benefit from those? I have my best friend in the world who I went to high school with. He was an executive with Office Depot and their logistics side and sort of the computer side. So we talked about sort of the, the differences or the same, you know, what's the like in corporate America for him and the same with the military. So, you know, we sort of interacted and kept interacting with people that were on the civilian side. You know, you definitely should do that. Um, let me see. I would think, you know, the biggest thing for me was I didn't want to like when I didn't want to fill out USA jobs, right? An application. I mean, I saw 
I saw the government for 33 years and while there's an awesome thing that goes on there, there's some pretty jacked up things that goes on, goes on in there. So I didn't want to do USA jobs. Um, and so then I'm like, man, I don't want to fill out 57 cover letters and, you know, three different resumes or four different resumes for, to try to beat the algorithm to sort of get in front of a human. So I'm like, okay, I, I just developed a networking plan. And really the networking has to have, so you, then you got to pick your geography. You know, really, if you're going to go to lunch or coffee like this, it would be better if we were in person, right? Sitting around a table doing this, virtual presence is actual absence. We would sort of feel it coming off each other's chest and, and all that. While this is awesome that we get to do this stuff two-dimensional on video, it's really not how you network and try to get a job. And so geography, I think, is the number one importance. You got to be in that area. You got to feel the town, feel the traffic flow sort of see the commerce, um, see where the restaurants are at, go meet people. And, you know, so that's a big decision, I think, for people transitioning. It's like, is it about kids in school? Is it about family members? Is it about what the wife or, or the, the spouse, the husband wants, whoever the military spouse is? So those are really super important decisions. And as soon as you pick a geography, what the world will send you is a inopportune somewhere else that you don't want to live. And because it's like good money and a good culture, you're like, ah, you're going to consider it. And all that is, is a distractor. And you got to stick true to your plan. Like, nope, this is my geography. This is my industry. This is the company I want to do. This is, this is how I want to do it. So I see a lot of, a lot of folks getting distracted and sort of chasing stuff or people do USA jobs and they take a GS job and they know, and they're just back to miserable, but now they're not wearing a uniform. And then they're like two years behind their process because, man, no, I want to be a civilian and I should have never filled out USA jobs. And I, I'm, I'm two years down the road, you know, in the negative versus trying to work a civilian gig um, if I just started that from the get go. So, nice. it's, you know, the struggle's real. The struggle's real for everybody. And, and you just got to have grace for yourself. And people like me need to pay it back. There's hundreds of us, if not thousands of us out there that if you reach out to us on LinkedIn, we will, we will help you out. We will talk through your process, not what we think you should do. Um, so I just, I just enjoy doing that. I think you said awesome. some really valuable things. And sometimes, you know, um, what's that turn of phrase? It's, um, it's about who you know, but I argue that it's about who knows you, right? Mm -hmm. From that networking perspective. So if you are at the geography of your choice, it's really about focusing in on those decisions and making smart goals that are in the best interest of you, your family, and your career aspirations, or whatever, whatever those priorities are. I just think it's incredibly important to have both one a presence on, on LinkedIn. I, I see the value. I can tell you firsthand, even from my own transition experience, that that became very, very valuable tool. And to your credit, Joe, like that's what has to happen for a lot of service members and to take it seriously yeah. and to be you know, be mindful and plan accordingly. So you said some, yeah. some really good pearls of wisdom for, for our alphas out there who are listening, who may know someone in that transition, who may be going through that transition or have like yourself, plenty of, plenty of, you know, trial and error to share. So. Yeah, I used, so I used American corporate partners. I used to commit foundation. The honor foundation wasn't around when I retired, but they're a good one. Um, Elite Me, Special Operations Transition Foundation. Um, all these organizations are out there and they've got networks and they'll sort of like, I, I didn't want to wear a tie. 
I didn't really want to be clean cut. I wanted to grow my hair out. And, you know, I was coiffed for 33 years. I think I got, I think you guys a contrast picture of me in uniform versus sort of how I look now. And, you know, all that was great, but, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't want to wear a tie. I, you know, this is as dressy as I want to dress when I go to work. I'm an operator. I want to, I want to do teams. I really don't want to be in sales. I don't want to look at spreadsheets as a banker, even though I'm good running a profit and loss statement as an operator, you know, so there's just, if it's really about knowing yourself and how there's absolutely who you are and what your, what your skills are, there's a civilian company that needs you. So, so there's two civilians are lacking leadership, bar none, big time. They don't communicate. They don't plan, they execute, and then they don't debrief, and they wonder why the next execution goes all wanky. It's amazing that civilians don't plan, brief, execute, and debrief. They're just, it's its boggling to me. Project project management 101. Yeah. We manage people so, yeah. and property for a majority of our careers. It's and then they think the STEM gap that military members have is greater than what it actually is. Hmm. Like... We've dealt with software. We've dealt with communication. I've dealt with medical procedures significantly. I've dealt with parachutes. I've dealt with atmospherics. I've dealt with ballistics. I've dealt with across the whole STEM cycle. So then you get in there like, oh, man, you, you sort of can get on. You can understand this. What I think the biggest thing military members are lacking is capitalism understanding. You have got to have a story in your elevator pitch to where you had a fixed budget and you made more readiness with that fixed budget. And that's profit. And they're going to go, oh, man, you understand profit. But if you don't understand accounts payable and accounts receivable and all that, like, you know, the big hit on DOD is and it, you, you get a budget and you have to spend it all in order to get more budget. That's not the way the civilian world works at all. It's you got to have more coming in and it's going out. And so, so you really have to have a value to the company of what you're going to bring in. Like you, you've got to be you got to be on the plus side of the financial column. It's a wicked, wicked tool of money. And you better understand how to use it. And so that's the unique thing about the military, right? Like you meet senior airmen, like, or E4s, right, for any service, who have a million dollars in the bank, they're good with their money. I've met 06s on three divorces, and they're, they're terrible with their money. So like somebody in the military sort of giving you advice on this is what you should do with your money, or this, you're like, eh, dude, I sort of seen your lifestyle. I don't, I'm not sort of in agreement with that. So it's really for the individual to, man, you really got to have your finances together. You got to have um, your, 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 you know, emotional, you know, your EQ under control. Civilians really don't like anger. Like, you know, where I come from, the team rooms can get angry and sort of aggressive and, and sarcastic. You have got to tone that stuff way down from the civilian world. Um, if, if you think you could just transition into civilian, like, like a team room mentality, it's, you know, that you're setting yourself up for disaster. Well, before we, uh, before we get back to independence, but I want to point out that you're not the air force. We make fun of every day, by the way. Uh, yeah. sounds like you're a PJ, right? Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, it's interesting being a backpack wearer in a force that 98% of people carry a briefcase. Right. <laughs> it's and and they're very risk adverse. And, but we just proudly, you know, calmly, deliberately, chin up, chest out, eyes dilated, told them we were wrong. I mean, we were outside the wire guys and the guys are amazing. And there's very few, you know, really the two special operations career fields in the Air Force are combat control and pararescue. And, you know, there's less than a thousand combined of those guys. Wow. 
So, you know, the ops tempo is really high. It's very hard to get through. It's very difficult school and pipeline. It's a very difficult job once you're in. There's a lot of time away. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, people can make fun of the Air Force all they want. We're like, oh, you know, I, I get it. You know, you sort of get it because um, I've definitely been on bases where you're watching people do, P, do PT and you're like, man, this is embarrassing, you know. So but yeah. that that wasn't us where we came from. I get you. I get you. I have to hear it about crayons and not being able to read. I choose not to read. There you go. Okay. So we're, we're the being a PJ kind of transitions us to an use transition where it's all coming together here today. Uh, this independence fund of yours, which is a great name. If, if, if you put independence, freedom, liberty in anything, uh, it, it sounds amazing to, to people, but that's not what independence, that's not the definition of independence that you're using for this. I, you said earlier, it's about mobility and such. Um, give me that pitch. Are, are you, do you take donations? Do you, do you need people to refer people to your organization? Give me the pitch on how I, how I can help, how, anybody listening can help yeah the independence fund we're a nonprofit, a, cha a charity for combat veterans and their caregivers um we originally focused on the catastrophic injured multiple multiple injuries multiple amputees and we want them to you know the, the way our ceo describes it she's like i want to give out 20 percent fish and 80 percent of the time i want to teach people how to fish so we truly want the caregivers to have a quality life even through the circumstances that they're going through. Sarah, our CEO, she wrote the book, A Hero at Home. So about for their, her three daughters and what um, her husband, Michael, went through, 82nd Airborne, um, you know, pretty significant injuries that he, he got. Um, so, you know, track chairs is for mobilities, but initially if a, if a veteran contacts us, it starts with our casework and we just sort of see where we can help. If the VA is saying no to them, they should be saying yes. Then our caseworkers calmly, deliberately help the, help the veterans step through the VA process. But we want to transition not only the veteran and the family to our mobility programs. Like we have, we have shooting, we have retreats, we have family, you know, not only caregiver retreats, but family retreats. We, we have counselors. We just want to help the family have a proper homeostasis the best quality of life. They sacrifice so, so much for us that we're truly in a service organization. Um, we do take donations. We, we have significant donors. We have, you know, it's amazing the amount of money some people give to us. And then it's just as important for those $25 checks that come in each month. Um, just amazing, amazing. You know, it's, it's, it's just humbling that people would give you that on a recurring basis. And so, you know, we, we we really are about giving the money to the constituent. We want them out doing stuff. And so we try to provide them with skills. We try to provide them with stuff. We try to provide them with just a, a better quality of life that, that they should have. And so um, it's just a really cool organization. And it spoke to me because as a pararescueman, you know, I've been at the, at the crisis scene where these significant injuries happened. And with all the medical training that I had, and my guys had, you're like, man, this guy's going to need 15, 20, 30 surgeries 
wow, the family's going to go through this. We're going to have to modify the house for this family, for this guy. What happened? And so it really spoke to me when, when, you know, I started interviewing with them last June as they reached out for me and, and Sarah's transitioning the, the organization or our growth plan is just amazing over the next three years. So, how, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering how you get the word out and how people, how people find you, you, you have all of these things, but uh, a big problem that people, even when they're well-funded, organized and efficient is are having the right people find you. Do you yeah. ever, do you ever partner with uh, organizations like the American Legion to get the word out to their memberships? I, I mean, I guess you are today. I, yeah. It's kind of yeah. a dumb question <laughs> asking you on the show by the American Legion if you ever reach out to American Legion. But uh, I'm just curious and, and regular day-to-day activities. Yeah. In the past, they've sponsored some stuff, but you know, I'm coming in going, man, I'd rather not sponsor stuff. I'd rather do it through social media and increase our social media presence. And then I could give more of our bottom dollar to the constituents. And so, you know, I'm really not from my seat as a COO, I'm not interested in sponsoring associations. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in partnering with them and helping. And, and, you know, we want more and more vets to apply and put applications in here because then we could go to our donors. We have this many people in need and we need more and this is how we're going to do it. So we want it to be an OODA loop or a snowball in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I'm more than happy to be on podcasts like this. I can't wait to reach out to the local American Legion here in Charlotte and, and coordinate with them. Um, our social media presence is starting to get ready to get a big kick up. So we have a website. We're on Instagram. We're on uh, LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. And, and then it's word of mouth. Caregivers hear about the great treatment and service that the Independence Fund does. And then they recommend to another caregiver. All the hospitals know about the independence fund and, and what we've done where the military members, you know, I mean, it's even training accidents, right? I mean, there's, you know, a lot of this training is dangerous. Like we're not really in a brutal war right now, like we used to be, but anybody who gets significantly injured that we can help, we're going to try to help. And then if we can't, we're just like, Oh no, we can't help you. We're like, here's some other organizations that may be able to help you. And our caseworkers do a great job of not just blowing somebody off that applies. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, you know, you guys know there's like 1200 VSOs out there and unfortunately the VA is, is not the best run or, you know, serviced organization. And we got to calmly deliberately try to help that out. And so Sarah also, her and her team also do a bunch of advocacy inside the beltway to make sure that, you know, if there's efficiencies that can be added to the VA or lessons learned that we've learned that, that they, we share that with them. And, you know, we're not finger pointers. We're not political. We're apolitical. We're, we serve all. We can care less anybody's affiliation. If you got injured and you meet, you meet our parameters of, of needing help, we're going to try to help that um, or, you know, that individual. So it's really cool to be able to, to do this. We're in the middle of moving offices. We started an ally program too, because of, the drawdown in Afghanistan and our ally coalition partners, interpreters who had needed help and their families and the danger they were in. So we started that. We're starting a veteran justice initiative to where veterans, you know, through no fault of their own and their injuries, and they got hooked, hooked on opioids. And then next thing you know, they're transitioning to 
maybe a, a civilian side drug and then they had larcenies and maybe felonies and then they can't get a job and they can't get apartments. So we're doing a veterans justice initiative to educate law enforcement and prosecutors on sort of the details that veterans go through. So Sarah is amazing. Sarah has got idea after idea after idea. And she's like Joe and she brought in a chief of staff as well. Uh, um, Daniel Elkins, who he was the president and founder of the Special Operations Association of America. And I sit on his board. And so, you know, we're, 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 we're attacking, we're attacking for good. We're attacking for right. We're being matter of fact about, you know, these veterans and families need help. Um, Treasure that donors send into us. We value that and we're going to use it wisely um, and we're going to serve these constituents the best we can. So a lot of growth happening for the independence fund over the next couple of years, for sure. I don't even plan, execute and debrief lunch. It just has to <laughs> kind of happen. You're making me feel really inadequate. Ashley, you got any burning questions before we let Joe get back to saving the world? I just, I just want to reiterate, we're going to put everything in the show notes, but you know, tell, you know, tell us where our listeners can, can learn more about all of this. I know we mentioned the website, you mentioned a few yeah. social media channels. Yeah. The independence fund. It's a, it's a nonprofit. So independencefund.org. And then anybody, I re, anybody who reached even somebody trying to sell me something on LinkedIn, I just say, no, thank you. I'm not one of those guys that blows people off. You know, usually you see the sort of the guy, the financial advisor and you go, all right, I'll accept. And they, you know, within three seconds, you're getting something like, Hey, have you thought about, I usually go, Hey, no, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. So anybody who reaches out to me on LinkedIn, Joseph Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D, I will get back to. Um, we're growing. We also have jobs. We need veterans, justice, regional um, uh, people with law enforcement and military and veteran experience if they want to go out and advocate. Um, we're, we're doing a pilot program in North Carolina, but it'll be national. We have other states ready to give us funding so we could go out and, and advocate for veterans in that way. Um, we're always growing and we always need good people to do good things. So um, if people want to reach out to here and think that they want to be part of the independence fund, I will definitely get back with them. That's much appreciated. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Joe. And I, thanks for giving me the heads up. I will not try to sell you financial services <laughs> on LinkedIn. Uh, and, and cause now I know better, but thank you so much for not only, not only bringing the military to the United States air force, but also for serving, continuing to serve, and especially serving those who have served. Uh, I made a bet that I couldn't say the word serve 10 times this episode. I win. Uh, so again, thank you so much. We're going to talk about you when you're not here, uh, and when, when we debrief, uh, but you'll get to see it when you see the recording. You get to see what we said, said about you. Um, we're going to do all that. Ashley and myself will be back after the break. American values and patriotism. The American Legion advocates for upholding and defending the United States Constitution, equal justice and opportunity for everyone, and discrimination against no one. Youth education, responsible citizenship, and honoring military service by observing and participating in patriotic and memorial events. We are veterans strengthening America. We are the American Legion.
right, we are back, and we were just with Joe Joseph Barnard. And Ashley, what are your takeaways? So for those of you who aren't aware, Independence Fund was founded in 2007. It's committed to empowering our nation's catastrophically wounded, injured, and ill veterans to overcome physical, mental, emotional wounds incurred by the line of duty. So it was really impressive to hear how uh, Joe was able to get into this line of work and his transition trajectory, if you will, um, to create, you know, and support programs with kind of a no-nonsense attitude. I, I can appreciate that about him. He's just like, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. This is what needs to happen. And I find that very true with a lot of my COOs, right? They're operations officers. They get stuff done. And Joe knows what needs to happen. And he encouraged everyone to be an advocate, volunteer if need be, donate, um, and to check out you know, their programs in mobility, caregiving, advocacy, casework, and operation at resiliency. And then there's, I believe, independence at home and then family programs that they all strive to bridge the gap of unmet needs for veterans and their caregivers. So really well done. Appreciate him being on. And I hope people could check out the Independence Fund and support them. And I love seeing somebody in the Air Force who's military. There you go. So on top of everything that you just said, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in, <laughs> I'm gonna throw that little dig in there. But now uh, he did mention inter-service rivalries. So mm, he did. I feel I feel okay. I feel okay. Plus he's the exception that proves the rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. This is this is there's some shocking stuff coming up in my favorite part of the day. And that is back to the range of rapid fire. All right. Photos show devastation unleashed on terror leaders by sword carrying ninja bombs. This comes from the Military Times. Detailed reports first surfaced in 2019 of the existence of a precision warhead equipped with six sword-like blades that allow the missile to cut through buildings or cars with ease. The weapon had been in use for some time, reports claimed, with development dating back as far as 2011 under former President Barack Obama. It wasn't until 2019, however, that over a dozen current and former U.S. officials discussed the vicious attributes of the R9X, also known as, ready, the Flying Ginzu or Ninja Bomb, a non-explosive munition that was spawned from the widely used Hellfire missile. And I, I, I put the picture in the notes for you, Ashley. If, I, I hope maybe Jarrett can put this on screen for our YouTube viewers. If you're not our YouTube viewers, you're gonna have to go to the, uh, the show notes to find the, the pictures on Twitter. Um, that's that it, the car looks, I don't know. It's looking real messed up. It looks like someone like took some sci-fi grappling hook and just like tossed it into air and it grew five sizes, went into the car and just sprouted out like spores. And also like, I thought you said uh, the flying gazoo, like Ginsu. it's Ginsu, but I, I heard gazoo. Wait, wait, correct me if I'm wrong. What was the character's name in the Flintstones? Was uh, it Gazoo? Holly's typing. Alien. Holly's typing. <sighs> I, um, I, I thought it was, yeah, it's Gazoo. Gazoo. Yeah, I heard Gazoo when you said that. See, I even just that would have been wrong because it's Cook Cook Cook. Like the instrument. 
I, I, I pick it up. We were putting down. I think my grappling hook of death that literally shot into this car, which is an impressive photo. Nonetheless, I'm like, and they say this thing is so got nothing on this thing. This is there's, they said it's so precise. They can get someone in the passenger seat without killing someone in the driver's seat. The idea behind this is to minimize, minimize collateral damage and without using explosive, but I'm like, please blow me up. Don't send, don't send the, don't, don't want to have to be, I don't want to have to be a survivor of that. This, this car accident looks terrible. <laughs> oh gosh. You yeah, can't but- see, even if you're on YouTube, you can't see super producer Holly, but even the she- best of the great kazoo could not avoid such calamities. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is impressive. It's an impressive thing. It's a scary thing. And the weird thing is like you said, before we got on here, it's a little medieval but modern at the same time the scary wait they say the best of both worlds it's the scary of both worlds all right you ready for rapid fire number what ooh 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 not ooh 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 pew pew pew, pew try pew, it again pew. are you ready for what i want to be like you i want to walk like you talk like you <laughs> what movie is that from I have zero idea, but oh, rapid fire number book. two. Come on. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> this is about education. Application opens for spring 2023. Hope for the Warriors Military Spouse and Caregivers Scholarship. This comes from the Veteran News Report. From today, whenever that was, through September 30th, applications are being accepted for the spring 2023 semester of Hope for the Warriors Military Spouse and Caregiver Scholarship Program. It goes through some history here. We don't need to worry about it, but scholarships vary from 1,500, 2,500 and are applied towards uh, higher higher education. Place has to be accredited. Can't go to Jeff Daly's School of Being Awesome, although I highly recommend it. Uh, It has to be an accredited school. I saw you roll your eyes. Um, oh, never. I would never roll my eyes at you, Jeff Daly. So this is for spouses and caregivers. What do we think about taking care of those two? Um, scholarships are everywhere. Apply for them. This one obviously is going to be running till September 30th, um, and they're going to be accepted for spring 2023. Please do not self-sabotage get out there, apply for the scholarships for the semester. It's, uh, it's important. I encourage anyone and everyone to do it. Scholarships will vary from $1,500 to $2,500 as Jeff mentioned, right? Accredited universities, colleges, trade schools, unique programs, masters in social work studies, et cetera. But seriously, apply for scholarships. They're out there. American Legion has other scholarships. You should check out our website. You should check out your local community, look at your local posts, look at your college or university, ask what they can do to competitively, you know, you know, attract you to their campus and I think for apply veterans apply, apply, apply. for veterans. They're numerous. This one's very specific. Oh, but there does, are spouse and caregiver scholarships. Oh it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is too, you can get them degree based. There could be industry based. Like there's, there's a lot of applications and I find in my own previous experience, just to keep it as rapid as possible, working in higher ed, people, you know, take themselves out of the race before it starts. And as someone who has received over $73,000 in scholarships, I tell you they're out there and I tell you to apply, apply, apply. 
those are my words of wisdom for the day. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for that. And here we are for rapid fire number pew, pew, pew. That is three. All right. The rapid fire number three, the global war on terrorism service medal won't be handed out to everyone anymore. This is also from military.com. The Department of Defense will no longer issue the global war on terrorism medal to all service members ending a two day, a two decade, sorry, period during which the award was given to everyone in the ranks to signify America's involvement in Iraq and Afghanistan. The medal isn't going away. It's just becoming more selective. Starting September 11th, 2022, a service member must have worked directly for a counterterrorism operation for at least 30 days to receive the award. I have it. Okay. So are they going to like finally say we're, we're, we're done? Like we're going to close out this two decades worth of war? Like when is that going to be the main point of the conversation? Like, I don't give a shit about the ribbon. Like, okay, it's a ribbon. Like, what I think the bigger issue here is the failure to acknowledge that, like, okay, we're ending two decades and um, we have a global war on terrorism memorial that's had to and will be erected on the National Mall in an active period of war. So I don't know. I feel like Ribbon's really not the main point of this story, but okay, some people will get it, some people won't, but then we're still going to justify the means to the end and still be in an open active. Arrow. Well, the the medal, not the ribbon, the medal is the main part of this this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be the main part of what you care about, but on this story, they're talking about the medal that everyone got by nature of showing up. This is almost oh, participation ribbon. Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah. And now mm-hmm. it's going to be it. To be fair, we're not completely we're not completely out of any of these places. Um, that's why the that's why the medal will still exist, uh, it's, but it's going to be only for people who serve directly in an operation there because we, we've changed operations from a massive, all-encompassing thing to very pointed uh, service, and those are the people that are going to get to wear it. I mean, coming from the Marine Corps, we didn't get anything. I mean, I know other branches get a medal for graduating boot camp and like finishing their vegetables on their plate. I don't know it, but uh, this, we're going back to earn it. I mean, I, 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 I get the, I get the unifying everybody under a medal because it was a big unified thing. And I, I think now going back to making it more selective, which is weird because they're going to have the same medal that's selective but there's going to be millions of people that have it. So I, it's, it's, I don't understand. okay. The messaging is weird and. All right. D-O-D. People got, got paid more than me, figured this out. Yeah. Oh, I spent time and money on this, by the way. Like people sat in meetings deliberating on this for months. Well, they probably hired consultants. Oh yeah. They probably outsourced. Good point. Guarantee. Guaranteed. They, they use some uh, outsourcing on that. All right. So that's, our, that's, that's our show. I don't have a shout out today. I think I shouted out during the show. I do that now. I just say names. I drop names. Drop bombs. Yep. You might get your name dropped one day. If you talk to us at national convention, you say something yeah. smart and you see me go, mm. probably going to drop your name. So you're going to want to tune in. Uh, but I guess you already are if you heard me say that. Okay, Ashley, why don't you just. 
before I say other dumb things, why don't you take <laughs> us away? I'm clearly Never. getting delirious. All right. So don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Share with, share us with your friends. And if you have a guest recommendation, please go to legion.org backslash Tango Alpha Lima and click on the suggest a guest link. We look forward to hearing from you, the alphas. That was so, that was so lovely. You could read a book on tape if you did just like that. I should do voiceover and audiobook. Let me put that on my goals list for the next your hashtag months. your hashtag goals. Yeah, hashtag goals. I have, you have to say hashtag. Goals. You have to say you know hashtag. What? Final thought and shout out to me. I'm crushing it right now. Okay. I am crushing it and I am so excited. I didn't know you're making wine. You're crushing grapes. Heck yeah, why not? Right. I like wine. But, <laughs> but you won't yes, catch you me do. whining. Yes, you do. Oh. Is that the act of drinking wine or is no. All right. Uh, if you're coming to National Convention, please stop by the Tango Alpha Lima booth and say hello. We're going to be hanging out near the exhibit hall. We're going to be waiting for you uh, to chat with you. You can criticize us in person. You can do whatever you got to do. Uh, and before that, before then, I want you to, I'm going to remind you again, start planning now for September 11th, Day of Remembrance Service, uh, Remembrance and Service. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and declare it. We're going to call it season three, episode 121. I'm going to sound like Ashley. Mission. Mission. Mission.